Today my title is uh, Speaking Grace, and it's something that's like uh, I've pieced together really over the last few months um, from just little little verses, little times where I felt God speaking to me. I've just been writing it down, and I've got this, just saw this theme in it, and so that's what I'm going to share. Kind of, it's built on this whole thing that we shared over summer when we talked about the prodigal son. And we talked about the prodigal son a lot, which was amazing. And it's a story about how the father welcomes us back with open arms, no matter how far we think we've been away. And I realized there's lots of layers to receiving his grace and lots of layers. And then when another layer gets revealed and really, really sinks in, I always know because I always cry. (laughs) Uh, And by the way, also on page one, no doubt, I'm going to start beefing because I'm just, it gets me every time does this stuff. Uh, So don't worry if that happens. But I felt this like pent up feeling over this summer and all this, this whole time I felt it being released. And it's like this release of that tension where a part of you disagrees with the truth, but like you feel it shift. When, when you start to like really accept it. It's like a big release, and I felt that a lot. So I cried a lot in summer. It was great. <laughs> um, but I think unpacking that story so deeply, it meant an, another layer of that grace really went from my head to my heart. Um, and now it's becoming a part of me even more. And the fact that he receives us, he forgives everything, his grace covers everything before we even apologise. And he just wants to be with us. He loves being with us. He loves it. And uh, I just knew in my head, when I've said it before, it's like it's not news to your mind because you've heard it, I don't know how many times. But, but yeah, I felt that shift when I got it in my heart. And Then Anke and, uh, and Adam started to share about the party that he throws in your honour. So it wasn't just about this whole thing of coming back, being received, being covered. It's like all, all the rubbish that we get into has been like wiped clean. It was then, it moved on to this, this party that he throws in our honour. And God's been speaking to me over these last few months about this kind of level of grace. And uh, that's what I really want to share with you this morning. All this collection of thoughts now it's flowed into this different area. So I want to share this beautiful verse that it began with um, from Jude. Um, Jude's writing a letter, just context-wise, with some pretty sharp instruction in it, actually. Uh, but then this is what he finishes with. And I will not make it through this without crying, I don't think. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forever. Amen. Man. He presents us, like this is, man, it hit me so hard. That line, he presents you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. He presents us. He's seen everything about us. He knows everything, every feeling, thought, decision, past, present, future. And yet he doesn't just wipe clean, then he he presents you. It's like, it's such a pride in it. He presents you without fault and with great joy. And this is where I need Ian, so just (laughs) bring your chair in and just sit here. Because I thought, I asked Adam to read through this and he said this would be a great moment to just 
actually do it. So Ian, you just sit here and face, uh, face everybody else. And uh, Anne and Jeff. Uh, Anne, could you just stand in the aisle there? But this is how I see it. And then Jeff, you just stand next to her. This is what I was picturing. I can see us all stood before him in a bright white throne room. And Father sat on his throne and Jesus is stood beside you. And then he welcomes you in the door. And I imagine it's like a little ceremony that happens. He presents you. So Jeff, you just present Anne before him and just walk, just walk forward and enjoy it. He presents you without fault and with great joy. But that pride, man. Thank you. <laughs> just to remember it, do a little visual. But this isn't something that happens just like, I don't know, at the end of your life or in heaven or anything. It happens daily. This is how he presents you daily. Grace doesn't just excuse us. It presents us. And something about the way that this verse was written, I don't know, it got me in a new way. And we've been talking about the way that the father runs towards us and he he welcomes us and he puts his robe on us and he throws us a party. But I realised, yeah, that's when it hit me that it's not just grace that covers my sin and brings me to neutral. There's a grace that then enjoys presenting me in the Father's presence. And it's a pleasure for him. He's so proactive. And this is what I want to focus on this morning. This is what this morning's all about. It's, we have to learn to accept the way that he presents us as the truth about us. And then we have to learn to present others in the same way. So this is, my, uh, this is my plus, minus, and neutral. God, God is not just neutral. He's positive. Yeah. And it's, this is a super simple way of seeing our journey with grace, that the path of his truth becoming our truth is lifelong. And it's taken me my lifetime so far just to get from negative to neutral, um, to accept that his grace gets me out of the negative and it covers me in all my mistakes. But this, so this the next verse, Phil, in Titus, this is what I was okay with. It says, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. So I got that. I think, I think that's where I'm at. Like wherever you're at on this scale right now is absolutely fine. But I think that's where I was okay within the journey. Like I knew that it justified me and like I was okay. But then there's this whole other level, like, Interestingly as well, we've been talking about this tightrope of grace and truth. Adam's been unpacking that. Uh, But it doesn't say that we're justified by his truth. It says that we're justified by his grace. Grace doesn't just let go of the negative. It's not neutral, it's positive. And it moves towards that positive all the time. And that's full grace. Full grace is much more proactive than than we're able to reach sometimes. But that's okay. Grace, we think sometimes, is just letting go. And when we think about each other, sometimes we find it easier to, to get that about God. But we have to think about each other all the time as well. Grace is not just letting go or forgiving and then not responding how they deserve us to respond. But it's actually then speaking out a different truth. Grace, this is why I've called it speaking grace. Grace is proactive. It speaks. And that's what God does. He speaks about us all the time. I don't want to get, I'm going into that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just get excited about it. 
Grace actually speaks above and beyond the current reality into the real truth. Full grace presents someone without fault and with great joy. So how do we do that? How do we do that practically with our speech? With our speech. We, why is it often hard to say something out loud? Because when you do, it makes it real. We do that with pain. We do that with difficult stuff. We do that with stuff we don't really believe. Or like when you've got something, again, like I was saying about having stuff pent up inside you, it's like when you say it, it it's a whole different kettle of fish to when it's going around in your head. When you know you've got to have that conversation or when you know this thing's building up inside you. When you speak something out, it's like it makes it so real. Um, I mean, I know we've all been through life. Like, we all have. And when you talk about something, man, it's like, it's real. It brings it into existence. God, God said, let there be light. He didn't just think it. It doesn't say God imagined it, although he could have done. He could have done that. It didn't, he didn't have to speak because he could do whatever the heck he wants. <laughs> He's the boss. But he said, let there be light. Speech makes things possible and it, and it brings things into the present. And it also puts things into our future. So Colossians 4, 6 says this, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And salt brings out the flavor of the food. It, grace brings the best out of your words. It makes it taste its finest. I've put like loads of uh, food descriptive words. I think I must have been really hungry when I was writing this. Rich. <laughs> I get really hungry. I'm hungry now. But it makes it its finest. It makes it the most beautiful. And listen, it says, let your speech always be with grace. And I wrote here, always is quite a lot of your speech. In fact, it's all of it. It's all of your speech. I know that's a big ask, but that's what we need to aim for. That's what we need to move towards. You know, God, I know it seems like he sets you up for impossible tasks sometimes, but he's not like that. It's just, it's like this thing to aim for, always speaking with grace. And our speech not, needs not only to forgive, but our speech should represent, should present each other without fault, with great joy. And of course, you have to express the hurt and the frustration that goes on inside you. I'm not saying that like grace ignores all that. That's not how it works. And that's for our benefit when we share that with those people who it's wise to share that with. But after you've offloaded pain, after you've offloaded feelings, then it's time to bring in that real truth. And grace and truth sometimes seem like they're on opposite sides. I don't know if you've ever been thinking about like how can... We talked about walking the tightrope between the two and it's like, I think I've been thinking about it and like all these little notes that I've been writing down and I think that his truth about you and his grace for you are inseparable. I think when we talk about grace and truth, we talk about his grace and our truth. And yes, sometimes they are on opposite ends of the spectrum, but I think his grace and his truth about you and about us are like, they're intertwined, they're inseparable. And that's what we're aiming for.
It's grace that allows him to speak his truth over you, about you, about your identity, about your future, about who you are, and for it all to be good. It's so good. It's so, so good. When Adam and I were in Nepal, Harry and Adam were always looking around and they were saying that the country is beautiful. And it is, and we were speaking that out. And it was like a crystallization of what I'm sharing. It's like I could see it. I could see the beauty in the people. I could see the beauty in all these things that were going on. And at the same time, in some moments, I could also see the lack. Of course, I'm looking with my eyes and in the time that I went, but I could see lack at the same time as seeing all those things. And I think I could still see the distance that was left to go before it reached what we were already speaking. And I don't believe that God ever sees the lack. I don't believe he sees it. I, just, I believe he just sees potential. And this is how he looks at you daily. He's never overwhelmed by the distance that's still needed. He's able to speak your future into you right now. And we like to segment those who are deserving of grace because if someone's repeat offended, if they should know better, or if they are where they are because of their own intention or their own fault, then it's really hard to have grace for them or it's much harder to have grace with each other when that happens and even coming to neutral never mind going to positive it's really really tough but the thing is that Jesus hung around with tax collectors prostitutes the hated and the marginalized and when Adam was talking about tax collectors being the equivalent to Nazi sympathizers in society that kind of hit that home for me we find it easier to extend grace where we can't find an excuse or sympathize so what, what about when there's no excuse? And this is why grace doesn't just require sympathy, it requires compassion. Grace doesn't just require sympathy, it requires compassion. If grace requires sympathy or excuses, maybe it's not the fullness of grace yet. And Jesus says to the woman caught in adultery, I know where you're at right now. It's not like he doesn't see anything or he doesn't know it, but... He, he says, I don't condemn you. Go away and sin no more. And don't sin anymore is a pretty big ask again. <laughs> it's actually impossible, is it? I don't know. But, because that's perfection, isn't it? But that's what we talked about. It's faultless. But that's how he presents you anyway. He says, go away, sin no more. Be perfect. But it's like he's speaks that into her future, he speaks that into her potential right there, and then whether she reaches it or not, he's speaking it into her future all the time. Amazing. Full potential, no half measures. And we find the truth that he speaks really difficult to accept, and we find it difficult to accept about us and about others. And when he speaks about us like that. I don't know if you've ever felt it. Sometimes, like when I, when I was writing this, I was thinking about those moments where I, where I cry. Sometimes it's because like, you feel this fight, you feel this fight inside you, like you hear something that he says about you, and it's like, no, like you like shaking your head and crying almost. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's like, and yeah, it's beautiful, but it just can't. It's like, I don't know, you just feel like, no, it can't be true, man, it can't be. But you know it is, and it's like this battle going on and uh, it's beautiful when it finally wins through and you get that release. 
But that's how I feel sometimes. I think that's how we all feel sometimes. And it's okay to be in those places. But when he speaks about us, the spirit in us agrees. But what we currently see tells us that it can't be true. But it is the truth. God is speaking the truth over you all the time. And that's why it's so powerful when someone speaks a future over you, it calls you into it. That's what he does. And that's, I was thinking about loving relationships that we have. Like, why is faithfulness so powerful? And why is it so powerful when, when you speak over someone? I'm glad Anka's not here because she'd be embarrassed. But a few times, like, so I'll tell her she's the best wife in the world all the time. Um, she'd be cringing right now and whatever, but I don't really care. I tell her she's the best wife in the world. And of course, there are moments where she doesn't feel like it. There are moments, human moments, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but that's what I speak over her all the time. And it's like that, it calls her into that. It calls, it reaffirms that's her true identity. That's her full potential. That's the, that's the truth. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. And when we speak about each other like that, and this is why I get like, this is what I'm passionate about. If we speak about each other like that all the time, if we learn this grace that's proactive and speaks the future over one another, it is the perfect environment to be in. Perfect. You cannot be more, I don't know, encouraged or fulfilled or, I don't know, it just, yeah, it, it might mean that you get where you're meant to be. You might not. But it doesn't really matter. When you have that spoken into you and spoken over you, it's like it calls you into it. Into it and it's like it makes you want to move towards it. Because it's not an obligation either. We were speaking about presents, gifts. You don't speak it as an obligation to them. You don't speak it as a, like, a, I don't know, an impossible task. But it's like you speak it as if you can see it as their full potential. But you know it's the truth about them. And they just want to move towards it. Like I know from, from some faithful relationships that I've got when people speak things about me that I don't feel like they're true in the moment, but it, it just pulls me into it and it's beautiful. It's so good and I'm so glad that I've got that and I'm so glad that we've got that and we've got a father like that. And this is the truth. We've all got a father like that. I know our parents might not have been like that. Our current relationships might not be like that, but this is the truth. You've got a father right now who speaks that over you daily Every day he speaks your full potential, the very, very, very best, the absolute best. And it's not an impossible task. It's your full potential. It's not a burden to you, but it's your, I don't know. He's just presenting you like that all the time. And I want to encourage you, when you speak of yourself and when you speak to others, so, so before we get on to speaking that way about others, think about that first. How do you speak about yourself? And how, how is that internal wrestling going when you hear that, that he speaks that over you all the time? Just pay attention to it. it it's interesting. <coughs> so two questions to finish would be, one, when we think about how God presents us, where are we on this scale of negative, zero, positive? Do you want to put that back up, Phil? It's a good one to... To finish off my slide, it was not named properly. Yeah, there we go. Where are we on this scale? It's fine wherever you're at, just be honest with wherever you're at. But that's what it's been a really nice, easy way for me to see where I'm at on it and to move.
from one side to the other. And the second question is, how are you doing in presenting each other without fault and with great joy? So I just want to pray together to finish and thank God for his heart towards us. Thank you so much, Dad, that you don't set us impossible tasks. You just speak the best over us all the time. You can't do anything else. And Father, every moment of every day, you present us and you love to do it. You, like, I just sense the pride in you and the love in you and like you, you enjoy doing it. Like, it delights you and, and, and sometimes we can't handle that because we know where we're at. But Lord, I just pray that we'd enjoy that. We'd enjoy with you your presentation of us and your speech over us. And thank you, Father, that you... You live on the inside of us. Your heart's in us, your character, your spirit, that it's in us. So this grace is also in us, Father, this level of grace that we're, we're moving towards. So thank you. And I just, I just ask that you would help us to let it flow out more. New depths, new layers, new levels, whether it's minus to a little less minus or positive to even more positive or just to neutral. I just pray that wherever at Wherever we're at on that scale, Father, you'd find us new levels, new layers. We love you, Lord, and we just thank you for the way that you speak about us. And we just agree with it more and more in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen.